my father, Pastor, pray for him. Uh, he's, he's, pray for him. Last time that he went and spoke at Grace Bible Honolulu, there was a very interesting event that happened. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but uh, it was very interesting. And um, we want to pray that that never happens again. Are you guys curious? <laughs> he had a temporary, uh, his, his memory went off temporarily, and he didn't know where he was. And then he came back. And then he was like normal. And it never happened before or after that. So I, I don't know. We'll pray that that never happens again. <laughs> Nobody knew about that? Did anybody know about that? Some, yeah, some people knew about that. Okay. God, we thank you for my dad as he's over there preaching at Grace Bible Honolulu. We pray that you'd be with him and speak powerfully through him uh, to the church there. Uh, thank you for that church's support of everything that's happening here on our island. And we pray that you'd bless them as they have been a blessing to us. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. How many of you believe that God answers prayer? Our God is a God who answers prayer. It, it, he, is, he is alive. He's not a philosophy. He's not an idea. He is a person, and he's all-powerful, and he has adopted us as his children and gave us the authority to bring requests to him, and as we pray, we can see answers to those prayers. There was a, um, there was a testimony a couple of weeks back, and you've heard bits and pieces of it maybe, but there is a, a, a person from Lahaina who... Um, doesn't go to church, doesn't have faith, but he said after everything happened, him and his wife got together and they decided to pray for the first time. He said that they don't have a practice of praying. And I don't know if you um, are aware of the severity of the housing crisis. We had a housing crisis before Lahaina happened and they were calling it a crisis before Lahaina happened. And now we have a whole uh, city that has lost their housing and it's um, many, many times more of a crisis than it was before that. And, um, and so they lost their home and they said, we're going to pray. And so they got together, husband and wife, and they prayed with each other that God would open up a, a place for them. And how many know that finding a place right now on Maui, it's a miracle. Uh, people are opening their homes that, you know, uh, have vacancies and there's like 50 plus people applying in the first 24 hours. So they got together, they prayed and that weekend, they got a word back that they had a place for the next year. And so, yeah, you can give God a hand for that. He was a carpenter, and he lost all his tools in the fire. And um, Andrea called him and said, hey, uh, we, we saw that you requested help. We have uh, $500 for you and your family. And then he began telling the story of what happened. And uh, Andre Andrea had just talked to Sharina. Sharina's in Michigan, my sister from Michigan, and there's a guy in her church that told Sharina, hey, God put it on my heart to give $5,000 to a carpenter who lost his tools. If you guys find a carpenter that lost their tools, we want to give $5,000 to replace that. And so the guy said, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, God is providing. We started praying, and he provided a place for us to stay, and, and now you guys are giving us $500. And, then, and he said, yeah, I'm a carpenter. I lost all my tools. And Andrea said, what? You lost all your tools. I just found out that we have a donor in Michigan that's willing to donate $5,000 to your tools. And he started crying over the phone, and he said, this is amazing. We're seeing miracles like we've never seen before. So even in the tragedy that people are experiencing, God is showing himself faithful. Can we say amen to that? God is good. One of the things that we're focusing on and we've been focusing on for the past three weeks is 
uh, what we call in Hawaii ohana. Everyone say ohana. And uh, ohana is a word that uh, was famous way before Lilo and Stitch. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean no one gets left behind. It means family, but family is a place that no one gets left behind. Um, the first week we talked about a family that stays together and is formed around the values of God and puts God first is a family that cannot be shaken. Uh, second week, my, my dad last week, he talked about how many enjoyed preschool Sunday and had enjoyed having the preschool families with us. Um, my dad shared uh, of how he prayed for us. And I, I think that that is such an um, amazing testimony of hope because I had a front seat to the relationship that my dad had with his, with his dad, uh, my grandfather. And every time I went over to take care of him, my grandfather would always tell me, you're so much more grateful than your father. <laughs> you're going to be such a better pastor than your dad. <laughs> and I would sit down and say, tell me more. <laughs> but there was a strained relationship between my dad and, and his dad, and he'll tell you that. Um, but... And my dad didn't have a, a good relationship with his dad because his dad was working so hard all the time. And, and when he became a father, he had great doubt of his ability to be able to be a good father himself. But he had the best father. He had the, his heavenly father, amen? And, and he prayed every day for us, and he told us every day that he loved us. And it was through uh, his relationship with God that he became a great father to us, and we uh, you know, hopefully carry that tradition on and our great father to, and uh, mother to our children. And that's the amazing thing about the family of God. No matter where we are in the genealogy of, and the heritage of, of relationships with God, we can always believe God that the next generation is going to be further along than us. Amen? And so he talked about how prayer was a foundation to our family and how he always prayed through those five C's. And I was online last week. I was watching, uh, I was watching online, and um, man, I know why people watch online now. Because you can go to your fridge whenever you want. <laughs> you can kind of like do surfing on the internet and see like things that are happening and, and also be listening. And, you know, if, if somebody's saying something you don't like, you can press mute. You know, like, <laughs> and, but I want to encourage you, if you're watching online, there's nothing like being around people of God and being in the house. There's an anointing that's here. And, um, and you know, one of the things, so he went through the five C's of, uh, of Christ, um, classes, career, companion, and um, character. I think the other one was character. But um, when he was talking about, oh, the other thing that you can do when you're online is you can chat. And I was like chatting in the chat box. And when my dad said, yeah, I prayed every day that my kids would have a companion and I put in there, yeah, he had to pray extra hard for Sharina. Like, finding someone for that girl was a miracle and uh, required prayer and fasting. Um, <laughs> it's true. Um, I grew up with her. I would never want to live with her for the rest of my life. No, I'm just joking. Um, and I always say that because she can't say anything, uh, but I know she's watching. This week, what we're going to talk about is how to have an unshakable family when the world around us is shaking. And we see shaking happening all over the place. You know, we, we're watching in real time what's going on in Israel. We saw just in 24 hours how an entire city can be destroyed. Like we live in 
times that are very unpredictable. And if we don't have our lives based on the word of God and our relationship on the, with the word of God and with Christ himself, our lives will be pulled to pieces. And what God is, you know, when, when I started seeing what was happening in Israel, and I've been there a few times, and the different areas that were getting bombed were places that we actually saw with our own eyes, and, and we're seeing an unprecedented attack on Israel, and not just this attack on Israel, but how this could easily escalate into something much bigger than what we're currently seeing. Israel is a time clock. Israel is a, 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 a signal in Scripture for the return of Christ. And, it, and there's prophecy over prophecy. When you see nations surrounding Israel, know that the time is near. And we see nations that are surrounding Israel and saying that their whole objective is to wipe Israel off the face of the map. And if you've ever been in Israel and you know what it's like and the animosity and the hatred of the nations that surround them and their determination to wipe that, that country off the map, it's a, it's a miracle that that country exists in the first place. It's, it's the hand of God that birthed that country. And, and it's, the, it's been prophesied that when you see all these nations rising up, know that God is going to stand for Israel and we're going to see miracles happen. But the, incur- the, the, the thing that I believe God is telling the church right now is to get ready. You, this is not business as usual. It's not times like how they've been in the past, that we need to get our priorities right as a church. We need to get our priorities right as a people of God and to lay the foundations to be unshakable when the trials and the the times of shaking come because it's not going to get easier and easier and easier. Scripture says that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness to people. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse, but it says a light will rise among you. There's There's a... uh, trajectory that the world is headed in, and it's going to get worse and worse and darker and darker, but it says that the light in you is going to get greater and greater and greater. And, and as people of God, we live in a different world. We live in a different reality, and God is our king, and the things that are eternal are our priority. And if we can keep our eyes on him and keep our, our foundations of the eternal, it's not just going to benefit us in heaven, but he said, trust in the Lord with all your heart, Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. Everything that he, and and I'm seeing that right now. Like, I just talked to this lady in Lahaina, and she was saying that they lost everything, and they didn't have anywhere to stay. And out of the blue, one of the ladies that lives next to Andrea Pahukula, she she somehow got in touch with uh, this family and said, you know, they live in Nebraska, I believe, and they said, you can use our house till October. So them and their family went to this house, and they said, when October hit, they just called and said, you can, you can uh, have it to the end of December. And then I talked to her a couple of nights ago, and she said, they called back and said that we can have it till December of 2024. And so they have, a, and for free, that they don't need to pay anything. And the person said, and we don't want you to pay utilities either. And this is for three families in the same home. And the owner saying, you don't need to pay utilities. And then she said, and that's not it, John. That's not it. The, the other thing is, we, we lost our, uh, some of the people in our family lost their cars. And there was a lady out of the blue that came up to me and handed me the keys for her Lexus and said, you can, you can take it. 
and there is a, a gas bob on it from Costco, and she said, and you can just use the gas from the, from the, from the fob. You don't need to pay for your own gas. And she said, no, I'm going to pay for my own gas. And then the lady told her, don't, don't be prideful. If I'm offering this to you, you need to take it with humility. And so she, she took it, and she said that another miracle, I mean, she's just telling miracle after miracle, but she said that, that her truck, when she went back to, to Lahaina, that everything was burnt around her, her neighborhood except her truck, that her truck was untouched. And so she, she, she said that she loves her truck. All her kids tell her that it's a piece of junk. And then she said, but look, it's the only thing that's left, and it's working. And not only that, but the insurance, because it was in that fire, looked at the truck and said, it's totaled. And so your truck is worth $3,000, but we're going to give you 5000 And so they paid her money and let her keep her truck. Like, yeah, you can. But we live in a different kingdom. Things will get darker and darker, but for the people of God, if your foundation and your faith is, is solid, he's going to turn the situation around and make it Make it better. What the enemy intended for evil, God will use for good. And so we believe that God is doing that. Amen? Um, I haven't even jumped into my message yet. Um, let's read this together. Matthew 7, 24 and 25. One, two, three. Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them. Everyone says, and does them. I will liken to him to a wise man who built his house on a rock, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. God, God's word, hearing God's word and doing God's word is the foundation of an unshakable family. And hearing the word of God is so important, because without hearing the word of God, you can't do it. Without hearing and doing, then you can't have this unshakable foundation. So hearing the word is, is the, first, uh, the first step to having an unshakable foundation. How do, why do we want to have an unshakable foundation? The family, and God put family in our culture to be a blessing. The first thing in Genesis is said that God in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, he said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. And it says, he created man and woman. Everyone say man and woman. In his image, he created them, both male and female, he created them. The, the full picture of God is not just one person. It's in community. It's in a loving relationship between a man and a woman and then their family. And so God, when he reveals himself, he doesn't reveal himself through one person except through Jesus Christ, but he reveals himself correctly through relationships and through community. And that's why it's so important to be to be plugged into community in the, in the family of God, uh, but also um, our natural families. After he made them, he, it said that he blessed them. Why did God bless family? Family is the vehicle that God's blessings flow through. Abraham, he was the next person that God made a covenant with, and he said, I will bless you so that you will be a blessing to all nations. God's heart for his people is to bless us, to bless your family, to bless my family, for our families collectively to represent who he is so that he can use us as a blessing to the world, to the nations. And I'm so proud to be a part of this family because since this tragedy happened, 
God has been using us collectively as a spiritual family to, to, to be a blessing to our community and to the nations. And can we give God a hand for that? Just to thank him for using us to, to be a light. Um, he wants to bless your family so that you can be a blessing. How does he do that? We need to hear God and obey. How do we hear God? This is where our part comes in. And we talk about soaping. We talk about, um, you know, coming to church, hearing the word of God. All of these things are like gunpowder that's packed into a stick of dynamite. And whenever you pack gunpowder into, how many of you have packed gunpowder into dynamite? Not me. But it's what, what I liken it to, what I experienced in my life. Because my dad made me read the Bible every day. And, he, and actually, he didn't make us read the Bible. He read the Bible for us. Every morning, we had to go sit around the table, and he would read the Bible to us. And I remember my technique was just to listen to the scripture, and I would take one thing, and then I would ignore the rest of the stuff that he's saying. And I would just eat my, and then he'd say, what did you learn? I, and I would say that one thing. And then I told my sister Sharita one time, hey, you know how I, you know, get dad to be satisfied? I just take one thing and then I forget, I just enjoy my breakfast and then I just say that one thing at the end. And she goes, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> but we heard it every single day, even though we didn't want to hear it, even though we didn't value it. But there came a time in my life where the wick that goes into that stick of dynamite is an encounter with the Holy Spirit. And what happens when the Holy Spirit, and you encounter the Holy Spirit in, in a real way, all of that word that was put into your life, packed into your life, into the life of your kids through, you know, a Christian school or through forcing them to read the Bible, during, forcing them to come to church, whatever, all of those things are packed. And when the Holy Spirit touches that, an explosion happens, and life transformation happens. And so the word of God, hearing the word of God on a daily basis is, is super powerful. And we need to find those times where we hear it. Whether you play Caleb on the radio, that has the word of God in it. I want to encourage you, like get serious about the word of God right now because times are getting shorter and times are going to get tougher and you're going to need the word of God in your life and in the life of your kids. Listen to Caleb. Do soaps in the morning. Come to church on a, on a weekly basis. Jump into small groups. Get the word of God into your, into your, um, into your heart and your mind. Um, one of the things... Um, there's a whole bunch of different things that... Um, as I read... And it, it filled my heart. There's certain times where the Holy Spirit touched me and made turned those things to life. Um, I'll tell you one one time. Um, my parents made me tithe. I hated tithing. I hated giving because you know. I, but once I started, I, I started to tithe by tithing their money, um, and that was fun because I would watch uh, Pat Robertson on TV, and then I'd go run and grab my dad's credit card and give the number over the phone, and then later on they would say like. Honey, did you? No, I didn't. And oh, that was me. You told me to give. You know, so um, I learned how to, I started giving that way. But then I started giving and I started seeing God's hand in, in giving. And it's not just hearing the word of God, but obeying it. Because when you obey it and you see the results, 
it changes your character. And you don't do it anymore because you have to. You do it because of faith and you want to do it. And, and so when my parents you know, instilled different things in my life, it was when I started seeing God's faithfulness through the obedience that it changed my character and made this foundation in my life that, that the obedience wasn't because I had to do it. It was because I got to do it, and I got to see his faithfulness. And I remember when I went to, um, when I went to college one day, and I didn't have anything. I, I remember I was at the last $20 uh, of, of, of that month, and... Um, and I was sitting on the beach, or I'm sorry, it was $40. I had $40. And I was sitting on the beach, and then there's this bum, and he was, like, s- sitting there. I was in the car. It was at Diamond Head. And he was drinking from this cup. And I remember seeing ants going in and out of this cup while he was drinking from it. And I was like, man, that's nasty. It's just so gross. And then I felt like God said, I want you to give him 20 bucks. And I was like, what? I, don't need, I only have 40 bucks for the rest of the month. And I felt like God said, just give it to him. So... I went to the glove compartment and pulled out 20 bucks. I went over to the guy, I gave it to him, and he's like, oh, what is this for? And I said, I don't know, God just told me to give it to you, so Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday. And he's like, thank you, thank you. I said, don't thank me. Like, I didn't want to give it to you. God made me give it to you. Just <laughs> thank God. And then he's like, thank you, God. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And then I left. And I only had $20 left, and I, I remember uh, I was like, God, what do you want me to do with this 20 bucks? And 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 I felt like God said, go buy yourself a pair of surf shorts. And I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. And to this day, like, I think that was God. But so I went and I bought myself a, a pair of surf shorts. I remember going to town and country. I had like $20 left. And back then, they didn't cost like 60 bucks. And so I walked into town and country and I, I bought a pair of surf shorts. And I had like $1.50 left. And I, I, I thought, okay, now, now I'm going to starve. But... I had a Taco Bell down the street, and I had my 99-cent bean burrito. And I said, I'm going to eat this 99-cent bean burrito, and if I starve, then I'll just call my dad because my dad will send me money. So um, that was my plan. Ate my bean burrito, had no money left, and then my grandpa called me out of the blue, and he was like, hey, John, tomorrow can you come and wash the windows of my house? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So I went and washed the windows of his house, and then for the first time, he never gave me money. For the first time, he put down 150 bucks on the dining room table, and he's like, this is for you. Thank you for all your help. And I'm like, wow. You know, like, and then I thought, like, I had it wired. So I was like, oh, God, I'm going to just give you all my money, and then you're going to make me rich. And then, then I started, like, you know, giving out of selfishness, and then God taught me a lesson. So a- anyway. <laughs> but giving, when you, when you understand the principles of the kingdom, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to give when you don't have enough for yourself. But when you follow the principles of the kingdom... You get kingdom results, and then it changes your character. It, it, it solidifies that cement. You know, it's like, the, it's like the word of God and the spirit of God is like cement, powder, and water. And when you obey, it's like mixing those two together. And when you mix obedience with the word of God, it, it changes inside of you. Like, you might know it in your head, and you might like think that's a good concept, but it's only after you obey and you mix the powder with the water that it solidifies into this foundation that changes who you are so that when the storms come, you have something solid in your life. You need to have something solid in your life when the storms and trials come. And, you know, I'm so glad that I have those small little 
acts of obedience that has done something in my heart because I know if it ever comes to that place and, you know, there are going to be trials much greater than the ones that we see around us right now. And what is the thing in our lives? Is it just going to be head knowledge, like good concepts, things that we've read but we haven't really put into practice? Or is it going to be stuff that we hear, obey, and it changes the structure of who we are as people? And God is challenging all of us. You might have come to church. You might have heard the word of God all your life, but there's certain things that you don't put into practice because, oh, maybe I don't need to, or I don't need to do it right now, or forgive my enemy, bless people that curse me, give 10%. Like, I'll do that later. Like, I really want to encourage you. The time to build the foundation is now. It's not when the storms come. It's, it's, it's when you dig your well before you're thirsty. You lay the foundations in your life before the storm comes. So that when they do, and they will do, because this scripture says it, it, the storm came to both the person who is hearing and didn't do and hearing and did. The storm came for the obedient and the disobedient. The storm comes for us all. And God's admonition to all of us is build your house on a rock. Don't just hear, but, but do. Amen? Am I putting you guys to sleep? Is this good? Good stuff. An unshakable family is based on obedience to the word of God. Therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Everyone say rock. Many times the word of God doesn't change our hearts until we obey. This pertains to forgiveness, tithing, praying when we're worried, putting God first, etc. All of these things that we know in our minds, and a lot of times we might not feel the grace to obey, when we come before the Lord and we say, God, please help me in this, he'll help us to obey, and then it will change the fabric of who we are. Foundations are revealed through storms of life. Foundations are revealed through storms of life. Matthew 7.25, let's read this together. One, two, three. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. This is the interesting thing, and you can read that in your notes, that foundations are not seen. When you obey God, Nobody really sees your obedience to the Lord. Our obedience is between us and the Lord. Foundations are not seen. They're not sexy. They don't benefit someone until the storm comes. Right? You don't see the foundations of homes. You just see, like, the color that it's painted and uh, if it's stucco or if it's uh, wood or... You know, you, you see the design on the outside, but you don't see the foundation. And the foundation isn't visible. It's not sexy. It's not attractive. It's, it's not something you want to put all your money into to impress the people around you. But it's the thing that matters when the storm comes. And it's the thing that takes the most work to build right. Storms are experienced by all people. Everyone say all. And this is when foundations are revealed. When we go through the storms, our foundations are revealed. In the, the example of Lahaina, 
right after it happened, and, and it, it, it was such a heavy thing because I, I knew that, you know, in a town that large, that there would be many people that would want to commit suicide because it, there, I know that there's many people that don't build their foundation on the eternal, many people that don't build their foundation on the hope of Christ and eternal life and things that are not of this world. And so we knew as a church that there is going to be people contemplating suicide when they lost their homes and they lost their culture and they lost their city. And we were praying for days in the beginning of that that there wouldn't be suicides. And in spite of that, there was five people in that first week that killed themselves. What is your foundation built on? What is the foundation that you lay when times are when you're not going through a storm. Because when we do hit the storm, they will be revealed. If you read, and, and I just will close at this, and this is, you know, this, this, I was reading through Matthew, and this is Matthew 7, and I want to encourage you this week, to read through Matthew 5 through 7. It's the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus comes and he shares this sermon and all of the values that we have, he flips upside down. And at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, verse 24, he says this, he says, therefore, everyone say therefore. And so whenever you see the word therefore, you always ask the question, what is it there for? Right? Therefore, what is it there for? He says, therefore, whoever hears these things of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall for it was founded on a rock, but... Everyone who hears these things of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house and fell on it, and the fall of it was great. And so it was when Jesus had ended these things that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He said, therefore... What was he addressing when he said that? And when he said, whoever hears these sayings of mine, what was he talking about? He was talking about Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, the Sermon on the Mount. And if you go through the Sermon on the Mount and the Beatitudes, that you're salt and light, Christ came to fulfill the law. It's the importance of the things in your heart. Love your enemies. Go the second mile. This is how you pray. This is how you fast. Lay up your treasure in heaven, not on the earth. Don't worry about the future. Trust in the Lord. Don't judge other people. Keep asking, seeking, knocking, praying, asking, asking God and believing him to answer. All of these things he talks about in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And then he says, therefore... If you hear these things and do them, and I really want to encourage you, we don't have time to go through all of it today, but in your own time, work on your foundation 
Read through Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And then don't just hear it, but do it. Amen? And this is the thing that, that he says right before he says that, therefore. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says this, many will say to me on that day, Lord, haven't we prophesied in your name? Haven't we cast out demons? Haven't we done many wonderful things in your name? Haven't we fed the hungry? Haven't we given to the poor? Haven't we helped people that lost everything? Haven't we done all these different things? And then he'll say, depart from me. I didn't know you, you who practiced lawlessness. It's possible to do all the right things with the wrong heart. And Jesus says, therefore, if you hear these things, do them so that you can have a solid foundation. What Jesus was referring to, the storms and the winds and the floods, I thought when I first read this that they were talking about the storms of life. But I believe what he was really talking about was the day that we stand before God. That is the major storm. That's the day that all of our works will be revealed. That's the day that every work that we've done, the motives of why we did those will be revealed and we'll have nothing except Jesus Christ and what he did for us on that day to justify us before God. And I want to encourage us, you know, that's a heavy thought, but I really believe Hebrews 12, it says that in the last days, God is going to shake everything that can be shaken so that those things that cannot be shaken will remain because he wants to give us a kingdom. He wants to give us something that's eternal. And so there's priorities that are shifting right now. And God's calling us as his people to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word so that when those things that are shaken are shaken, the things in our lives that cannot be shaken, those foundations will remain and we will inherit a kingdom that will never pass away. Amen? Amen. Are you guys glad that you're part of the kingdom of heaven? That... Why don't we all stand and I'm going to, let's, let's close in a word of prayer. If you don't have a relationship with Christ, I want to make that opportunity available for you today. And it's available to you every day to hear the voice of God and to, to, um, and to respond. We take communion every week, and we're going to take it in closing today. When we take the body of Christ, he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His broken body provides us healing. And, and as we're healed, he calls us to minister healing to others. If you just take the bread this morning. You can just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your body that was broken for me. You are the example of how to trust God 
through brokenness. I bring my brokenness to you this morning. I bring my pain to you this morning. The things that I have lost, I bring them to you. And even though I have gone through loss, I know you know exactly how I feel. And you're not just watching me, but you're walking with me. Your body was broken so that through you, I would have healing. And I take the bread this morning and thank you for your healing. Bring healing to me, healing to my family, bring healing to my community. In Jesus' name, you can take the bread. Jesus said, this cup symbolizes the blood that was shed for the remission of your sin. When you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for your blood that was shed, that washes me and makes me blameless before the Father. Thank you that on the day of judgment that I will be found blameless because of what your son has done. I thank you for this blood that was shed. I ask you to forgive all my sin, past, present, and future. I trust you. I give my life to you. And in the same way, that I receive forgiveness from you. Help me to represent you and to extend this forgiveness to everyone that I know. In Jesus' name, you can take the cup. Lord, thank you for your powerful covenant that you gave to us that we can partake of your blood and of your body, Lord, that we can be representations of your hands and feet to our community. You haven't called us just to a mission to do, but you've called us to a mission to be, to be you. And that when we take communion, it's not just a ritual, but God, it's a, it's a sacrament that ties us to you. Lord, let your power flow through our lives. Let us be conduits, Lord, of your presence, of your grace, and use us, Lord, to see our island experience revival. Use this congregation, God, to minister your life. God, we speak life to every heart that's broken, to every family that's in pain. There's no check. There's no support that the government can give. There's no physical way to meet the need 
that only you can fill. And God, you've called us as your people to minister that hope, to minister that healing, to minister that grace to our community. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to be living in this time that as things get darker, Lord, that you get brighter and you get brighter through your church. Thank you for choosing us for such a time as this. Thank you for giving us the people around us, our brothers and our sisters, to walk this out and to experience the joy of representing you to a broken world. It is a privilege. It's an honor. Grace us with your courage. Grace us with your strength. Help us to be like you. That when we stand before you on that day, Lord, that you will look at us and you will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. God, that's what we live for. There's nothing else that matters. Not the praises of man, not the zeros in our bank account. God, we want to stand before you on the day where everything is gone and be able to look you in the face and to hear those words from your mouth. Do what you need to do. Purify us. Even if it is through suffering, God, do what you need to do to bring us to that place. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord.